What's up, everybody? How is it going in the world of professional wrestling and the internet wrestling community and everywhere on Facebook? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, kicking it with you on a Sunday afternoon, bringing you the Heel and Face podcast, podcast dedicated to news, information, and conversation about the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by heel turn wrestling so uh we have got a show it was a week it was a week in wrestling and the hits stop coming and they don't stop coming 15 more wwe talent has been fed to the wolves hopefully very soon they will hit the ground running and if you think that quoting Smash Mouth to open up a show is bad, then wait till we get to some of the news. Um, As you've been following along, more releases have come, 15 total, and we will get to that, unfortunately, in the show. But you know what? I'm not going to choose violence today. I'm going to choose joy I'm going to open the show with some bad news because we kind of have to. And I may actually do a secret three count podcast dedicated more to him because I think this legend's passing recently is going to mean a lot more to the wrestling business than many people are going to want to admit. Talk about that. Plus, we will also end this show with a little bit of joy and we're going to hopefully not let my phone go off anymore during the podcast and we'll talk about some things that you should know about that are upcoming and maybe uh, the future of professional wrestling doesn't seem as bleak as it possibly might be so stick around for that of course you know the vibes right if you like what i'm doing here and you dig what i'm doing then you can catch me on all my social media you catch me everywhere basically almost every social media platform that i'm on just type heel and face podcast and hopefully i should populate hopefully i should come up starting to put myself out there not just with facebook but i'm on twitter my twitter handle is very obvious you can also check me out on mines locals everywhere else in the uh, known internet i'm trying to expand i may even think about posting this video on other rivals of youtube so we will see how this all goes uh, I love expanding my brand and I love talking wrestling with you. So you guys follow me everywhere I go. And by the way, don't just follow me. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to go to Facebook and type at HT Wrestling 316. That's right. Do as the crawl tells you and go to at HT Wrestling 316. That is heel turn wrestling. Um, we've made our quota of over 100,000 likes. Now all we need is 100,000 follows and for um, Uncle Mark Zuckerberg to uh, help us review some of our sh- strikes against this so we can get moving and we can bring more content and give you more access to great news and professional wrestling talk. We are, by the way, the biggest organization 
fan-driven, fan-oriented professional wrestling news information commentary site in the world. In the world. And you should check us out. You should check out all of Piers Austin's shows when he posts. You should check out the To The Turnbuckle show. Uh, hopefully something's in the work where we can collab together. I'm going to hit the boys up and see what they think in a little bit here. And you can also follow Billy Alexander and all his craziness. Don't forget our sick and dank meme department. The generals of the meme war, Leo and Adam, are there doing their thing. So check out HT Wrestling at HT Wrestling 316 on Facebook. You'll be glad you did. Well, there may be some wrestlers who may not be glad that they ended up signing eventually with the WWE because a bunch of people were released this week. WWE President and Chief Revenue Officer, the Butcher Nick Khan, continues his reign of terror over the WWE roster, and fans are completely outraged. And I know I say this every week, this is a broken record. No, I'm not taking this clip, and I am not looping it back to save time or retread it, uh, an old Heel and Face podcast. Trust me, I'll let you know when that episode comes up. But he is continuing to further slash and thrash the WWE roster, mostly NXT. And their excuse, by the way, is they're going with younger talent. They want to rebrand NXT and they want to make it something uh, differently branded. They're going to, they're apparently going for a youth movement and whatever uh, legalese that you want to attach to it, whatever spin you want to put on it. The bottom line is, is that they've been hoarding talent over the past five to 10 years because they're worried that they're letting the next big thing get away from them. And they're trying to counter all of the fans who are going to independent wrestling shows and who are logging on with AEW and throwing their uh, hat in the ring with Ring of Honor and WA and all the other great places that are doing great things in professional wrestling right now. And they're trying to, you know, steal that thunder, steal that fan base. What they're doing with releasing these guys is creating such an anti-WWE backlash that I don't even know who their hardcore fans are going to be anymore. I mean, generationally, yeah, you'll probably watch WWE with your kids, but if your kids grow up and they become increasingly dissatisfied with the product and they keep seeking out AEW and they keep seeking out Impact and Ring of Honor and all of the other wrestling promotions out there, New Japan, NWA. This is the second wave. This is like the alternative movement part two. I grew up in the alternative movement, okay? I'm a quote-unquote generation Xer, right? Whatever you want to call it. Um, 
it was right in my wheelhouse of ECW and Nirvana. Those were pretty much two things that I've gravitated towards ECW grunge music and honestly UFC, which we'll talk about briefly later in the show. But these talents that uh, this second, this is a second wave of the alternative movement, right? And now the technological age has beefed up the alternative movement where you don't even need mainstream anymore. You don't need mainstream news. You've got some great people out there doing amazing journalism that aren't CBS, NBC, Fox, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. You don't need record companies to produce your albums anymore. You've got Spotify, you've got SoundCloud, you've got Spreaker, you've got a bunch of great platforms to produce your music. You don't even need to go on the road to be a stand-up comedian anymore. As long as you have a phone and you're safe, you can pretty much start launching your uh, uh, comedy career from your bedroom, okay? You don't even need, and you don't need to go to LA, New York, Chicago anymore to be a successful comic. You can basically, you could do what Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan are doing, which is building up their own comedy clubs in their backyards and just inviting their friends over, taping it, putting it on the internet. And you don't need the WWE to be, to define what professional wrestling is. I mean, by that rationale, you don't need AEW, you don't need Impact, you don't need the major promotions to define what pro wrestling is for you. Hopefully, and I encourage you, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it also later on in the, in the show, to start really hitting the independence really hard. If you can't go to an independent show... It's your own fault. And not to get too into that conversation already, because I don't want to get off track, but there are multiple alternatives to WWE now. And is it even going to damage their wallets? Probably not. But if you can find something that makes you happy and you don't need $9.99 a month and you don't need to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars in tickets and merch to entertain your children, then don't do it. Why would you? Why would you? Locally source your professional wrestling, if you get what I mean. So Nick Khan continues to destroy this. And the other thing, and I think a lot of people brought this up, is he is a TV executive, right? He's not a wrestling fan certainly and he's not a pro wrestler he hasn't grown up in the business so he doesn't understand what this is like when he's doing his business thing he looks at numbers ratings shows it doesn't matter if a show gets canceled to him at least in the past it doesn't matter when he was working with other networks and other shows it didn't matter if this was this comedy writer's first big break on national television to get their uh, show produced or their show run. All he knew was, what was the rating and can we do better? He wasn't worried that this was this first actor's first gig in Hollywood. It doesn't matter to him that they asked a veteran key grip of 30 years. He was going to take one final big gig until retirement they didn't ask him 
You know, they didn't care if he needs a job or not. He just sees a problem and excises it. And if we get back to this, so WWE keeps performing well financially, which again goes back to my theory that Vince McMahon will be selling WWE to Peacock very soon for billions of dollars. But then you also see the WWE isn't interested in hardcore fans as much as you think. They're interested in getting eyes on their product. But then when the product no longer serves them or the reason to have said wrestler there is gone, then they don't they don't have a problem. Just like I said with Austin Theory, if buying Evolve meant basically buying Austin Theory's contract to them, WWE, it was worth it. And that's clear because it looks like Austin Theory may be moving on from the way and moving up to uh, the main roster very soon. The last time he was there, it was kind of a mistake. But, and this sounds very sad, but if Vince got 10 PWG fans or New Japan fans or Australian wrestling fans, M, I think then MWA fans to watch Bronson Reed to try to pay attention to the product, to get eyes diverted, to follow Bronson Reed. And those 10 eyes stick with the WWE product. Releasing Bronson Reed's not that bad. To Vince, anyway. Again, we're going by Vince's corporate mindset or Nick Khan's corporate mindset. If the former Alex, well, now he's the new Alex Zane, but re renewed Alex Zane, but uh, Ari Sterling, if it was worth grabbing the 10 GCW fans that follow him and keeping him. And I'm not just saying, I'm not saying Alex Zane only had 10 fans. I'm saying if the eyes on the product followed him into WWE and were excited and jazzed and bought Peacock just to watch him cutting him and keeping the subscription if 10 people keep their subscription, if 10 people keep their subscription to Peacock, even saying, well, I'm never watching WWE again because they uh, they released uh, Alex Zane and they barely did anything with him. Then Vince is happy. And that's sad and that's corporate and that's terrible, but it's business. So the only way to fight that model is to not watch the product. Like how realistic is that how realistic is that going to be? Are you going to stop watching WWE? I am going to pare back my consumption of WWE. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop. You know, I still have my Peacock subscription and it is still valuable to me to go through watching old uh, episodes of Knight Rider. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching the Olympic highlights uh, from Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg, but they're actually worth the price of $9.99 right now. So, the WWE is not interested in the hardcore fan. They're interested in grabbing your attention initially, keeping you for about three to six months, make you forget about your subscription to Peacock, and then and then you're out. 
and then you're refollowing your favorite guys again. So it's going to be very hard to crack this, to break this cycle. If you think this cycle is going to be broken, if you think that enough WWE fans have had enough and they're just going to leave and just go and we're going to follow AEW. Great. I'm quitting my subscription and I'm going to get, say, the Fight Network and then I'm going to just watch everything on Fight Network. I'm just going to watch GCW and and uh, and NWA and Ring of Honor from there. Okay, great. Fantastic. You do you. But you're not going to get the casual or regular WWE fan. You're not going to get the third generation kid who's been watching it with his dad for so long because his dad used to watch with his mom and dad and now the grandma's moved back into the house because her, of her health and all three sit there and watch Monday Night Raw every Monday. You're not going to lose that fan and the WWE cares more about that fan than a hardcore fan who has been following the New Japan Young Lions for two years now and thinks that um, what's his name? Uh, Carl. I just saw him last night. I'm sorry. Uh, Carl so-and-so. I want to say Carl Anderson, but that's not right. Uh, is the next big thing and he should be the next 205 champion. Like, well, Cruiserweight champion. Like, Vince doesn't care about that. Tony Khan, Nick Khan, I'm sorry, doesn't care about that. All they care about is you getting eyes on the product long enough to keep your subscription to forget about it. And that's it. And that's sad. And that's how it's going to happen. I've already talked in length about how WWE is no longer a destination for wrestlers, nor it should be, nor should it really be a destination for fans either. But if this is going to continue, then what is the point? What's the point? I mean, just find something you like and just go with that. Just stay with that. Y'all work too hard out there. You spend too much of your hard earned money. I know this is a bad economy right now, despite what people are trying to tell you. I know that people aren't 100% back to work, and some people are uh, very concerned about the Delta variant of COVID coming back. So the economy's not going to get that much better in the next couple of years, and if you feel like you could spend your money in better places than giving it to Vince McMahon so he can sell his company and make billions of dollars before he dies... Um, you know, you can you, you can think whatever you can you can do that. But if you really are hard up on your entertainment, I would just direct it elsewhere, because, again, Vincent missing you. You know, Nick Khan ain't missing you because Nick Khan ain't going after you. And when you're out looking at things on your own and when you're out reviewing and i should say this for what it's worth the peacock network is nothing like the wwe network and wwe network is totally um it was totally fine the way it was and uh it's been ruined in the states and if you listen internationally god bless you and it's getting to the point now where i may just uh i don't know if i do want old content i may just uh figure out getting a new VPN and seeing if I can uh, claim to be from another country and access it that way because you can access the uh, WWE network in other countries perfectly fine. 
but go back and uh, you know make yourself happy. Watch some old wrestling. Watch how it used to be. Go back to, if you want some real nostalgia of what wrestling was. And I'm not get off my lawn guy. I'm really not. But it's getting harder and harder not to be get off my lawn guy with some of the stuff that's out there. Now, some of the stuff that's out there is really good, and I call attention to it. But some, of, but a lot of the wrestling out there right now, um, it, it's not that great. So go back and see who got it. See who figured out pro wrestling. See who knew exactly what to do. Watch the people who know what they're doing and you'll find you'll fall in love with professional wrestling again. And one person that you need to follow that you need to look up on YouTube, that you need to go to Peacock and find matches on that. You need to go wherever you need to go. Find old DVDs, um, bootleg, some tapes, trade tapes, whatever you need to do to find out every match you can from this absolute legend who left us a little too early, wrestling legend, beautiful Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton passed away this week at 62 years old. Uh, he had been recently suffering some health issues, but he was talking to uh, Jim Cornette and lover boy Dennis Condry and assured them that he'd be getting out of the hospital soon and he was fine. Unfortunately, sometimes when that happens, when uh, somebody says that, um, it ultimately leads to uh, a, a loss. So Bobby Eaton is exactly what professional wrestling is, could be, and should be. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to uh, make beautiful Bobby the superstar of the week so beautiful Bobby and there he is superstar of the week again I hate doing this when it's uh, post-mortem I hate doing it when it's posthumous but it seems like we don't really know what we have until it's gone and we don't appreciate people, unfortunately, when they're not here anymore. Um, and I know there's a lot of talk about giving flowers to people when they're alive. Uh, we try to do that. I tried to do that earlier with Paul Orndorff. But, you know, sometimes this kind of stuff just kind of happens. So let's just run through the accolades and the brief history of Bobby Eaton. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I am saying probably one of the best professional wrestlers I've seen wrestle. I've never seen him live, of course, but he was on tape. I mean, 605, you, you knew that Bobby Eaton was going to bring it, and you knew Bobby Eaton was going to be on. And again, I usually lean toward heels, and I usually lean toward tag teams as a fan, and this is one of them. He is one of the reasons why. So Robert Lee Eaton, known as Beautiful Bobby, was part of the one of the, if not the most influential tag team in the history of professional wrestling. The Midnight Express are top five all time. Don't at me. It's not debatable. 
because they actually work as a tag team and it didn't matter what iteration it was and people don't remember that Bobby Eaton was kind of brought into the uh, Midnight Express because it was already uh, Dennis Condry and Phil Hickerson and I think Phil Hickerson had to leave or he wasn't part of something i don't know the whole story but then they brought beautiful bobby in because he could be the high flyer that could work with dennis Condry's kind of oddly enough grappling wrestling slash you know hybrid mma life uh, kind of style on the mat and the two like took off they became the biggest iteration of uh the midnight express and stan lane came in uh, and out and Stan Lane is kind of the one everybody knows was in the Midnight Express uh, especially when uh, things took off and Stan Lane was great by the way Stan Lane wasn't a bum I mean he certainly was a great wrestler and he was he was kind of kind of took over for Dennis Condry with that quote they called it the martial arts style right the karate kicks go back and watch all those matches with uh, Stan Lane and they talk about how much of a karate expert he is because in the 80s that's what everybody was everybody was a karate expert if you haven't watched Cobra Kai then you should know that everyone in the 80s including myself was a karate expert be that as it may uh, Bobby was the one who was always involved with the psychology of the match or why to do things, how to do things the way that he did them. He was so good. He would make mat, uh, make moves up. And uh, uh, he would, then people would ask him how he did that. And he couldn't even explain it. He just did it. He, he, they have heard plenty of stories. And of course, most of this is coming from Jim Cornette, but I mean, you get it right from the source, right? Uh, the, there were wrestlers that have said they loved wrestling the Midnight Express because they knew it was like getting a night off because Bobby was so easy to work with, so smart. He was so good in the ring that, you know, the old saying about professional wrestling, uh, leave the ring the same way you came in. Kind of like what they say in, you know, on a football practice field or football games, uh, leave the same way you went in, uh, don't get injured. But you knew that if you were wrestling Bobby Eaton, you were making easy money. You weren't going to take some crazy bumps. He was going to protect you at all times. And he was going to make you look like a million dollars. So uh, just an amazing tag team specialist. He was actually brought in had a team called the Brown Bombers, something that I didn't know about, uh, that he was brought in. And you want to talk about, like, how you get in the business. And here's here's where uh, if you hang around long enough, somebody will recognize you. I know a lot of guys get in this way, too. Uh, but Bobby Eaton and his best friend, you know, just hung around and they just kept coming to shows and, you know, they were in their teens, 15, 16, and they would offer to set the ring up or do whatever they could for free tickets and to meet the guys backstage. And of course, every promoter is going to take advantage of a 15, 16 year old Mark, right? Some promoters take advantage of 30 year old Marks, but that's another story. Um, Bobby Eaton, then when he was inside right before they tell him to leave, uh, and then let the fans in. He and his buddy would like pretend they were bumping and hit each other. And they looked so good that guys in the back were entertained watching Bobby Eaton. And one of the promoters said, hey, 
do you want to become a pro wrestler? And that's how Bobby became a pro wrestler. You know, he wasn't one of these like super athletic guys. He wasn't this jack guy, which is why probably Vince never liked him or whatever. Vince didn't care about him. Too Southern, so to speak. But, um, but he could do everything that a wrestler was required to do. And he never looked out of shape. He never looked tired. He never looked blown up. His matches were almost flawless. If you want to talk about like, we're giving out four or five star matches to, uh, you know, 40-year-old overrated wrestlers who've never been on TV before in their lives and were giving four-star matches to them. But Bobby Eaton could wrestle a three-and-a-half-star match in a 10-minute TV time limit where it was only getting paid $300, $400. So his accolades include NWA Georgia Television Championship uh, the IWC way before it's the IWC that we know now uh, tag championship kind of as the Midnight Express there um, the NWA United States tag championship the NWA World Tag Team Championships uh, three times by the way two with Midnight Express remembers Dennis Condry and Stan Lane but one with Arn Anderson as the Dangerous Alliance he was the Mid-Atlantic tag champion with Ricky Nelson um, in AWA Southern tag belts in one point with Sweet Brown Sugar who was also known to WWE as Coco Beware six man tag NWA six man tag championships they should bring that belt back with George Goulis and Jerry Berber um, Smoky Mountain beat the champ TV champ but that was kind of a favorite of Corny so um, tag Team Wrestler of the Year with Stan Lane in 87, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, Hall of Fame member. The only place he's not a Hall of Fame member, obviously, is the WWE. And, of course, Vince didn't create him, and he was too Southern, so he didn't, uh, he didn't qualify. He never came over with WCW. And... It's, from all accounts, Bobby wasn't that type of a guy either. It's not like he was going to toot his own horn and put himself at the front of the, the ship. Um, at some point, and I need help with this rumor, so if you can comment below and speak on it, if you guys know anything about it, there was a rumor that at some point Bobby Eaton was seen on – an episode of Nitro in 96, 97, working security. And I think, I don't know whether that rumor is true or not. Somebody please comment below or, or hit me up on the uh, Heel and Face podcast page on Facebook. I don't know if that's a true, but I heard that. And when I heard that, I had seen, like, I was... I, w I had a, a feeling of indignance myself and I had looked up and there is a security guard that is in the crowd while people are brawling. I forget what match it was, but if he wasn't Bobby Eaton, he looked very suspiciously like Bobby Eaton. And it's just like Bobby Eaton to, to take a job like that and not really care as long as he was around the boys and, and getting a paycheck. So, um, and I, and I don't say getting a paycheck, meaning milking, a promoter. I mean, he just like being in pro wrestling. So I'm definitely afraid that Bobby Eaton was reduced to nothing uh, in his later days of WCW that he didn't get the flowers that he deserved. They didn't know what to do with him. Clearly, 
Eric Bischoff didn't see him as a major player. It's funny how all of the other professional wrestlers in the locker room had so much respect for Bobby Eaton that they were willing to uh, let him beat him on national television. And the only ones that didn't want Bobby Eaton to beat them on national television uh, were the TV execs, the big, the bookers at the time. Uh, Ric Flair wrestled Bobby into that amazing match in 89. And that was when Flair had the belt and was booking WCW for Jim Hurd. And he even said that he wanted Bobby Eaton to win, not necessarily win the belt, but he wanted Bobby Eaton to beat him on, on TV because he loved him so much, had so much respect for him. And he was actually talked out of it by none other than Jim Cornette. And even Flair even suggested, all right, well, he wins by DQ then. Uh, so, you know, they, they went out there and they had a, like an incredible match. Uh, of believe it or not, as much as we've been complaining lately about Bill Goldberg, Bill Goldberg of all people suggested that Bobby Eaton be the one to break his streak on on Nitro, and he thought the fans would go crazy about it. And he loved the idea, and all the boys were behind it. And the only person who apparently did not want Bill Goldberg to break uh, his streak uh, by wrestling Bobby Eaton was Eric Bischoff. So there you go. Even the greenest. Rocket strapped wrestler in WCW wanted Bobby Eaton to go over on Nitro and break a streak because that's how much they loved him. So rest in peace, Bobby Eaton. Tag team wrestling was elevated by you, not just you, but the Rock and Roll Express. Your feud with the Rock and Roll Express and your feud with the Four Horsemen those two feuds are just classic. They're the best. Just amazing, great professional wrestling. Not a talent ever. And uh, I, I, again, I don't like being old man yelling at Cloud, but it seems like professional wrestling died a little bit today along with Bobby Eaton. So rest in peace, Bobby Eaton. Thank you for all of the years of enjoyment and professionalism that you brought to the world of professional wrestling. All right, we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to turn it around. Like I said, we are going to flip it and we're going to start talking a little bit more positively about what's going on in the world of professional wrestling, including some possible Olympic stars being interested in the world of professional wrestling. You're watching the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turd Wrestling. Back in a bit. All right. Well, we are back talking pro wrestling here on the Heel and Face podcast, podcast dedicated to the world of professional wrestling. And I know how much you love wrestling because you're here listening to me talk about it. But if you love what I'm doing, if you love the things that I do, well, what better way to show your love by rocking merch? Then where would you do that? Well, silly. You would rock it at ProWrestlingTees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. That's right. You go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash heel turn wrestling and you can find this glorious array of fantastic t 
t-shirts that you can buy and rep your favorite brand. We are the fastest growing number one worldwide fan-oriented, fan-driven sports talk format on social media. And you want to be a part of that, right? You want to rep us. You want to rep Billy Alexander, Franchise State 5, in his t-shirt. You want to rep Alcoholic Adam, the interviewer slash uh, blogger slash meme god extraordinaire's t-shirt. You want to rep the brand. Of course you do. He'll turn wrestling. Show up at your latest event rocking this t-shirt. It'll be fantastic. But of course, what you really want to do is you want to wear the flyest, dopest, most drip worthy t-shirt of all time, daddy, the heel and face podcast t-shirt beautifully put together right there. So go to heel turn wrestling's site on pro wrestling tees. Again, just go to pro wrestling tees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. Well, we did spend an inordinate amount of, the last segment being sad and talking about what professional wrestling is and what it isn't and who's good at it and who's not, et cetera, et cetera. And one person who gets it. And again, I have to admit, and I eat crow every time, but one person that gets it is a huge player. And I never thought he would amount to anything. His name is Adam Cole, baby. And he is right now in a hotly, hotly contested struggle to re-sign with WWE or sign somewhere else. WWE superstar Adam Cole's contract has expired. Vince McMahon personally met with Cole backstage at SmackDown. And this is curious for a ton of different reasons. Number one is... I didn't know Adam Cole's contract with WWE was up, and it was completely up. The second thing was he actually extended his contract past SummerSlam to finish the program with Cole because they're going to have NXT TakeOver 36 right after SummerSlam, which is weird. But they're going to put in your house or NXT TakeOver, whatever you want to call it, after SummerSlam, the day after, usually it's flipped. Usually they have the NXT pay-per-view, and then they have SummerSlam. But this year, because SummerSlam is on Saturday, they're switching it up. And right that day, that literally that Sunday, Adam Cole's contract is up. Now, the rumors are true. Yes, Adam Cole has been offered a million-dollar contract with AEW. Probably with a lot of elevator clauses and things like that in there, even though I'm not so sure if I'm Adam Cole, if I wanted to be paid less than John Moxley. But, you know, that is what that is. I don't know if the market is freely determining uh, Adam Cole's worth or not. But the big news is, is that Vince is personally involved with negotiating with Adam Cole. And let's be honest. There are lots of reasons for Adam Cole not to be in WWE anymore. I'm not saying he peaked in NXT, but we all know what the formula is. And if I was Adam Cole, I would have a serious reservation. If I got to meet with Vince backstage for an hour 
It's SmackDown, which is something that very few wrestlers even get to do. One of my reservations would be, hey, look, Vince, the, the perception is out there is that Triple H has built NXT to this amazing thing and you're ruining it. And if we're talking man to man and if you really want me and if you don't want me to go in a, to AEW or if you don't want me to go back to New Japan or if you don't want me to go to PWG or any of these other places or even back to Ring of Honor, then you got to assure me that that's not the case. You got to hit me. And I'd even tell Vince if I was out of Look, I don't care about the inner workings of the WWE. I don't care about Nick Khan's job and I don't want it. All I know is how is this going to affect me going forward as a professional in this company? And if I have to be worried every six months that I'm going to be released because I'm going to, you know, no offense to Jeff Hardy, lose Jeff Hardy via, via roll up on Raw. Or if I'm going to go to SmackDown and I'm going to be part of some faction or um get jumped by the Usos every night. You know, why, why would I want that? I'm a star. I'm a legit star. I can go anywhere. I have my name. I have my brand. I can go anywhere and be Adam Cole and make a lot of money. Adam Cole has a lot of reasons not to be in WWE. His highly successful girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever you want to call her now, whatever, I don't know how official they are, has turned it around complete 180 and become the top wrestler, the top female wrestler in AEW. Now, granted, that isn't saying much, but I don't want to digress too much. A lot of his friends there, most of his friends are the EVPs of the company. There's a lot more interesting things he can do in AEW. And you know me, I'm switched off of AEW. I could really care less about them at this point, but I'll admit I might watch replays or I might watch highlights on YouTube or Instagram of Adam Cole facing the Young Bucks, Adam Cole joining the elite, Adam Cole doing a lot of things, fighting John Moxley, fighting possibly Daniel Bryan and or CM Punk. So that's very intriguing to me. And that would get my eyes like the segment I opened the show with of you know, Nick Khan and Vince McMahon wanting my eyes like he only wants indie wrestlers fans eyes for the brief second and then leave when they get what they want. I would be just as intrigued to see what Adam Cole did in AEW. So he's got a lot more going for him. And to her credit, nicely enough, Britt Baker has said in interviews that she wants Adam to be happy. And if it's not working with AEW, then it doesn't matter for her. So that's good. They got a real mature relationship, I, I would suspect. So for Vince to take time out of this busy schedule of eating ketchup, steak sandwiches and working out at 3.30 in the morning, uh, for Vince to personally ask Adam Cole or at least talk to Adam Cole to see where he's at. And apparently... Vince has a great appreciation for Adam on a personal level. And if I'm Adam Cole, you know, I am getting in. I am telling Vince, I'm the hardest working professional wrestler out there. There's a reason why I'm the best. There's a reason why I outshine your Raw and SmackDown wrestlers. There's a reason why 
I came to NXT and made it a thing. There's a reason why I went viral with Pat McAfee. I'm the best wrestler you have, and I don't need the main roster. So why would I want to come? I would just, again, lay it out to him like that. Why would I want to come? Make me want to be here in WWE. Make me be here Want me and make you money. Be a future star, future champion. And as far as the rumor of Vince liking big men is concerned, who, you know, if I was Adam Cole, I'd say, who was your biggest star in the company at the end of Hogan's run, right before Steve Austin took off, may I remind you that the biggest star in the company was Shawn Michaels, who was my idol, who was my hero, who I patterned much of my career after. So if you're going to sit here and say that you just want six foot five or the rumors that you just want six foot five, 300 pound goons to be your champion and you don't want a guy like me, well, prove them wrong. Give me the belt. Have me beat Bobby Lashley clean on at WrestleMania or at a pay-per-view. I'll take this belt to pass the moon. That's what I tell Vince. Or let me go. Or let me go. If you're not con convinced, if you don't think you like me, let me go. That's how I would leave it with Vince. But apparently Vince McMahon is very, very happy and pleased with his meeting with Adam Cole. So who knows if Adam Cole is going to stay or going to go. He's already done the gentleman's agreement to stay, to finish out his feud with Kyle O'Reilly. There's a lot of pros and cons for Adam Cole leaving and going somewhere else, even to AEW. He's one of the ones that I would say, yeah, I'd be okay with him going to AEW. And I, don't, I didn't say that about like the last five uh, roster cuts from WWE that AEW signed. I didn't say that about Miro. I didn't say that about Christian Cage, but I say that about Adam Cole. So we'll see what happens with Adam Cole, Bay Bay. I'd love to see him in WWE finally win the WWE uh, Heavyweight Championship. He can do it. We'll see. We'll see. WWE is uh, getting on board with lots of champions lately, apparently. They are on the radar of um, a great deal of up-and-coming young stars in wrestling and not just on the indies he's not just cherry picking from the new japan dojo he's not just cherry picking from uh, uh i cw in the united kingdom oh no 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 my friends yeah it's gone to the natural conclusion that you thought it was gonna go that's right kids the united states dominates Again, the world as far as Olympic wrestling goes. And these are just three, by the way. I'm not trying to disrespect. These are just the three top Olympic wrestling stars from the United States that we should know. Shout out to my boy, Kyle Snyder. Didn't exactly achieve the status that he did last year or last Olympics. Like I predicted on this show, I predicted that... Uh, Kyle Snyder uh, was going to basically uh, do one more Olympic Games, then move into MMA, and then eventually by, what, 2032 become the WWE heavyweight champion at SummerSlam or something like that. That was a crazy prediction. Um, and all the other great athletes who won gold for the United States Olympic team – some of them are featured right here. And for those of you who are listening along 
to the audio version of the podcast, you have a picture of, like I said, the aforementioned Kyle Snyder from the Ohio State University represent OHIO. You also have a picture of the uh, women's freestyle gold medalist, Tamira Mensa Stock, who is, by the way, a fantastic personality. You should go back and listen to her uh, posts win uh, interview and her backstage interviews and her interviews with uh, NBC sports coverage. Oh my gosh, she is a firecracker. She is somebody that WWE better get their uh, eyes around because she even said so in her interview. We'll talk about that in a minute. And of course, the 127 kilogram, I'm just going to say super heavyweight, gold Olympic medalist, Gable Steveson, who has been seen, by the way, backstage and has pictures with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, to his credit. All three of these wrestlers have been either directly or indirectly linked with having interests in WWE and Vince having interest in them. So the question begs, are these Team USA Olympic medalists bound for WWE? Now, all that rigmarole and all that that uh, I'm saying that I said before about talent being lost and people um, not really vibing with WWE and WWE making terrible decisions as far as rosters go. It's totally in their wheelhouse to bring these three in. Kyle Snyder has said, even for the Olympic, uh, you know, hype commercials, that, you know, his favorite wrestlers growing up were Steve Austin and The Rock. And, you know, maybe he'll come into the ring and, and give somebody a Stone Cold Stunner. He said that on an NBC promo. I don't know if he was just doing it because it was NBC, because the Olympic coverage or whatever, but he said it. Uh Again, Gable Stevenson, and yes, you heard that right. Gable Stevenson, his mother, named him after her favorite wrestler, Dan Gable. So there you go. And he's also made no, he's made no uh, secret that he has high interest in WWE. And he has also been on Vince's radar for a very long time. But one that would just be so great, would be so amazing if Tamara Mensah stock became a pro wrestler, she has, she's actually said it. So there was an interview, I believe, you know, the NBC does the, the fluff pieces, right? In between the events, they have a gold medalist come in. And I don't know the other guy's name, but Akbar, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but he used to play in the NFL. So I should know his name. Um, Kabir, uh, no, his brother used to play in the NFL. Uh, his brother was Kabir. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even, K, I used to, we used to call him KGB in the NFL. His brother, Akbar, interviewed her. And we do know that his brother, uh, that uh, Akbar and KGB were huge wrestling fans. They both admitted it. So um, it was an interview 
where she was straight up asked, you know, everybody fell in love with your infectious personality and your positivity and you had a great interview post win, you know, you have the kind of personality that we'd love to see in the in the WWE. And she was like, call me. She was way too excited at the possibility of getting in world wrestling entertainment. Again, I don't know if this is some type of voodoo kung fu treachery happening. I don't know if this was something where, you know, NBC and WWE are uh, talking to each other again behind the scenes saying, look, we got to make this seem like this is a smooth transition for all fronts. You got to start recognizing wrestling as a legit thing. And, you know, we'll scratch your back, you scratch our back. But again, apparently they have at least two willing accomplices in Stevenson and Mensa Stock who have been strongly linked or at least can seriously have considered becoming WWE superstars after their Olympic run. Kyle Snyder, on the other hand, um, hasn't been very vocal about it. He's been a fan, but it's not like he's been saying, hey, I'm going to pull a Kurt Angle and immediately go in. He may, in fact, test the waters of MMA. I'm pretty sure that uh, if Kyle Snyder comes back to Columbus, um, he's got – uh, just amazing uh, MMA teams that he can work with here. Um, he can work with uh, Immortal Matt Brown. He can work with uh, Immortals Camp. Um, of course, um, uh, legend uh, Marco Coleman uh, has a camp north of Columbus that he still uh, trains people in. So there's a lot of opportunity for Kyle Snyder to go into MMA first, and I'm sure he'll be ridiculously amazing at MMA when he tries that. So there's no rush for Kyle to become a WWE superstar, but I don't know what's on the minds of Gable Stevenson or Tamara Mensah-Stock either. They may want to give uh, MMA a shot before they give WWE a shot. So side note, shout out, congratulations to our Olympic heroes and it's not a whole list of Olympic hero wrestlers, but it's enough of a list to prop the whole team. They're doing fantastic work. You're doing God's work, winning the wrestling medals for Team USA. So congrats to uh, Kyle Snyder, a silver medalist. Uh, he had a disappointing showing against um, his opponent. Um, but, uh, you know, silver still ain't bad. And congrats to gold medal winners, Tamira Mensah-Stock and Cable Stevenson, who could possibly be on their way to the WWE in the next couple of months and years. Who knows? We go from Olympic wrestling back to UFC briefly. And... These results just happened, so bear with me. Um, UFC 265 went, and I was going to go, but unfortunately, uh, my wife went out of town, and I had to stay home, so I didn't really... I watched a little bit more wrestling than I did uh, in, in both Olympic and pro. Uh, but I was not able to go out and join my buddy to watch Cyril Gane 
defeat Derek Lewis for the UFC interim heavyweight championship at UFC 265. Um, all accounts were that Gane dominated. Uh, Gane apparently is a low-key uh, badass. And uh, the clips that I saw, he looked very smooth and completely unbothered by Derek Lewis, despite Derek Lewis having legit knockout power. He took Lewis the distance, and you know everybody wants to laugh at Lewis's um, shape and his Lewis's conditioning, but Lewis is still a top-flight UFC champion, or else he wouldn't have been in the ring. Uh, and he can still go, and he's got a goofy demeanor, but he's still all business in the ring. They don't call him the Black Beast for anything. Actually, he calls himself the Black Beast, so uh, he doesn't call himself the Black Beast for nothing. But Ghana was able to uh, take him and basically wear him out, got the TKO four minutes into round three to become the interim heavyweight champion and of UFC. And here's the great thing. Here's the weird thing. Because Cyril is French, he trained with the top French martial arts uh, camp. Guess who else trained in the top French martial arts camp? His buddy, Francis Nagani. So... He was asked by DC in the ring if that's a possibility, and Gane smiled and said, let's do it in perfect English. So I don't know if that's going to be doable. UFC 270, UFC 272, maybe later on next year, maybe a year from now, all I'm saying is um, – Shut up and take my money. I will definitely check out that. And while we're there, uh, let's just briefly go over the rest. Because Aldo, uh, Aldo Montoya uh, was on uh, – I'm sorry, not Aldo Montoya. Oh, my God. Sorry. Sorry for disrespecting you. Not PJ Walker. Jose Aldo was on the card. Uh, I'm very interested to see what he's got left. Jose Aldo uh, won by unanimous decision. Um, had a guy uh, named Miles Johns who looks a lot like Ricochet beat Anderson Dos Santos with a third round knockout uh, Vicente Luque defeated Michael Chiesa I was surprised to see Michael Chiesa uh, still kind of around and coming back uh, submitted him. Tisha Torres is still around. Uh, beat Angela Hill by unanimous decision. Song Yadong beat Casey Kenny. Uh, other notable ones. Uh, Jessica Penny defeated Carolina Kolakiewicz. Um, I think probably the knockout of the night was... Um, or the, uh, the, the match of the night was Manel Cape defeated Ode Osborne in the first round TKO. Um, and that was pretty much it. Uh, it wasn't a huge fight 
card in a lot of ways. But there were some interesting fights there that, again, I've been reading about. A lot of new stars coming up. This was a, one of those cards for UFC where the, the new stars need to be uh, needed to be highlighted. Um, and they were so good for them. Uh, this also, again, like we said, sets up um, uh, Gane and Naganu fighting for the unification of the belts. So we will see. That looks interesting. There was a slight debate whether or not uh, combat sports, pro wrestling included, should have interim belts it's okay as long as you do them every once in a while if you have a justification and you and if you're in wrestling if you know who you're going to eventually put the belt on and make uh the woman or man of your company then interim belts are fine uh ufc is a little different boxing is a little different uh there's a lot more politics go on in other combat sports with interims but as far as wrestling goes um interim belts are okay interim belts are fine uh, determining who is the champion of a federation, a promotion, or who is literally the best wrestler in the world is very difficult. It takes a lot of people who don't want to embarrass themselves. A lot of egos need to be uh, stroked and massaged. We know for a fact that there's rumblings out there that some people are unhappy with the belt collector, Kenny Omega, that some people are unhappy that, uh, that he's getting all the belts. And there is a rumor that the next belt Kenny Omega may collect is the NWA world heavyweight belt, which would be, sad and atrocious but who knows it may happen and a lot of people are saying if there was a belt to determine it would have to be like a global belt or a belt that all the promoters agreed that this is the belt to follow and I remember a time in professional wrestling if we're thinking back to the days of beautiful Bobby Eaton that this was this was possible. This actually happened. There was actually a governing body approved by multiple promoters around the country that determined that their champion was, in fact, the greatest wrestling champion in the world. And would you like to guess what company that was? Hmm. Hmm. I wonder. Could it be the NWA? Why, yes. Again, there was... A promotion long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away that was the arbiter of what was professional wrestling's top belt and who should hold it. And it was the NWA. Now, I don't know where Billy Corey's head is at, and he is doing a fantastic job of bringing the NWA back into prominence and kind of positioning it. Will the NWA be what it was back in those days? No. Is it even the top uh, promotion in the in the United States right now? No, not really. Um, I mean, you'd have to say that it was WWE, uh, then AEW, then probably 
Ring of Honor and Impact and NWA are jockeying for that position with New Japan's U.S. Dojo uh, kind of sneaking in. So NWA was a place to go where you wanted to see real professional wrestling done right. And they're proving that they're doing it again. I hope I can fit this all in the scene, but they're proving that they can do it again because they are giving us fans a taste of what it would be like to see professional wrestling done the right way. So the NWA has announced that uh, they are um, having a back-to-back promotion, a back-to-back and fan fest, basically a weekend of great professional wrestling. Uh, you can see the tops of these two. I'll explain it. In St. Louis, at the Chase, they call it in St. Louis. If you're from there, you know. The NWA is having their first ever all-women's pay-per-view, calling it Empower, and I think that's fantastic. Already signed on are... Uh, Mickey James, Camille, the current NWA Women's Champion, uh, Kylie Ray, Thunder Rosa. It's jam packed. A lot of feuds. Melina is back making inroads. Every woman who is good enough and is working and who's not currently employed with the WWE is going to be there at Empower. So that's happening at the end of this month, 20 days from now, Saturday, August 28th, St. Louis. And then they're going to couple that with NWA 73, 75th anniversary. They return to the chase Sunday, August 29th. Um, and they're selling it as a package right now. Again, I'm not trying to chill out. I'm not getting paid for them but uh, or by them, but Fight Network is going to sell this as a two-day package. And I strongly suggest everybody getting it. And I strongly suggest because I feel like I'm going to get it because I just want to reconnoiter my love for professional wrestling. And I want to bring it back to where it was. Uh, I'm going to fall in love with it over again. And I don't know if I'm going to be necessarily behind WWE while doing it i may put them on the back burner i may casually come in and out and find what i'm i'm looking for uh, but i feel like we should all do this we should all take a step and we should all appreciate what pro wrestling is by finding something else to watch finding something else to get into NWA is a good start, MLW, and you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Be a fan of AEW because I know that even though I'm not a fan of AEW, I will watch Adam Cole if he signs there. Get into Ring of Honor. Get into New Japan. Get into Impact. I've kind of sworn off Impact, too, because they even had their three strikes and I was out. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. And, of course, most importantly, support your local independent wrestling. If you don't like WWE, you don't have to watch it. Go take, instead of waiting for SmackDown to come to your hometown or closest area, 
take the money that you would spend on parking, tickets, merch, food, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at the state, at the arena, upwards of two, three hundred dollars if you're taking your family or if you're taking your uh, kids' friends to see a wrestling show. Take that money and go look up independent wrestling around me. You'll have way more fun. You'll be highly entertained. You'll be happy. You'll spend a lot less money. And you'll be in front of people who really want it, who are really working hard, and who really are trying to make a name for themselves in the business. Sugar Dunkington just had a tweet recently that kind of echoed some of the things that I've been saying, that the WWE is not the be-all, end-all, that don't fall into the narrative that you have to be uh, a wrestler who wrestles for WWE or a, he even said AEW, he mentioned AEW, he said a major promotion. Don't let them tell you that being an indie wrestler is a dirty thing because it's true. These major promotions get half of their wrestlers from the independents anyway. So for them to disrespect them is completely crazy. So follow Sugar Dunkington's advice. Follow my advice. And by the way, Sugar Dunkington was given a cup of coffee that you know. Remember, Pineapple Peak or whatever was given a uh, given a cup of coffee with AEW. So he does know what he's talking about here. Why would he bury AEW and not WWE? Uh, as well, like, or vice versa. Why would he not bury AEW and bury WWE? Find your local independent professional wrestler. Find your local independent professional wrestling organization. If you live in Ohio and don't frequent uh, indie pro wrestling in Ohio, then are you even a pro wrestling fan? You've got to at least be two. There's a couple that I concentrate on locally that I like to support. I don't want to mention their names because I don't want to be in a situation where, like, uh, it seems like I'm showing favoritism for one or the other. I just, oh, I just, they're all good. They're all good. Like, um, shout out. Well, maybe I'll, I'll just mention them all so I don't get in trouble for mentioning none. Then, uh, shout out, uh, Ohio Wrestling Alliance. Shout out Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Shout out Unsanctioned Pro. Shout out New Ohio wrestling shout out all of the local independent pro wrestling in central ohio and that's just four that come to mind i'm sure there's plenty more that will blow in and out of town or the surrounding uh greater central ohio or even the state of ohio even so um check it out check it all out everywhere check out independent wrestling follow in indie wrestler or two buy their merch support their causes give money to the charities that they want to but they want you to, uh, because in the end, you're going to get more satisfaction going to an independent pro wrestling show than you are of giving Vince McMahon more money to cut your favorite guy right underneath her or his nose. Well, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I appreciate you being here. Enjoy pro wrestling. There's still ways to enjoy pro wrestling. We have YouTube. We have other ways to enjoy. Those of you watching or listening internationally, you've got access to the WWE Network. Go other places. Go to Fight TV. Go to Power Slam. Go to your favorite pro wrestling uh, or independent wrestling television. Again, I'm not being paid by any of these people. But go. There's three legit uh, 
independent wrestling streaming services that you can go be part of and watch. Watch all you can. Get your entertainment that way. And you'll fall in love with professional wrestling again. Which is what I'm about to do. Thanks for joining me on the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. It's my time. We out. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Big Steve C, Steve Castellanovo. And enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, peace. Peace.